O-H. I'm a recovered compulsive eater from Walnut Creek, California. Okay, my experience, strength, and hope. So let me just start at the beginning real quick. I just had one brother and myself. Um, we were raised in So Spring, Maryland. I, uh, we, my mom put my brother in dancing school because back in the in the early war in the war days, there, all the preschools were full because there was a lot of war babies. He was born in 1940, and I was born in. 41 he was born in and I was born in 44. So the doctor said, we'll put him in dancing school. So he was a natural and I followed along and we became a team. And so for most of my younger years, all through grade school, I know he and I took lessons. We practiced. The reason I'm telling you this is I knew I enjoyed sweets from a, a young age, but I just thought that was normal for kids, you know, kids like sweets. But because I was doing all this dancing and all this practicing, I did not have a weight issue. Um, and then, of course, we played in those days outside. I remember playing baseball and, you know, tag and hide and go seek and hop along cat, whatever it was. So, um, and so then my father was transferred from Washington, D.C. to California when I was 13. And um, life, life became quite upheavaled. Um, so everything got disrupted. Um, did I say San Francisco? Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's a long way away from my friends, my relatives, everything I knew that was normal. And then my brother decided he didn't want to dance any longer. He was 16 and I was 13. I was a freshman in high school and I went to high school. Uh, first day, it was an all girls Catholic high school. And of course, didn't know anybody. And there was all these eighth grade cliques. Uh, you know, they all knew each other and I didn't know where I fit in. So I didn't fit in anywhere. And um, so that was hard. High school was really hard for me. And I started to gain weight then. Um, and there's puberty also. Um, and so uh, and then my mom that uh, she she went into depression because of the move. And the doctor suggested that she get a job. And so she did. She got a job. And so she was out of the house. So when I got home from school, I had free reign of the kitchen. I could have whatever I wanted. And uh, so it didn't look like it was missing. I would make mixed concoctions up with different substances and, you know, make it work for me. Um, so I started gaining weight in high school and uh, I think and then I got back into dancing lessons in a about six months or a year later. And of course I was in ballet and oof, boy, you gotta wear a leotard and tights. And, you know, my teacher was on me a lot for me and other girls, uh, you know, to, to keep the weight down. So I did all kinds of crazy diets, like uh, a lot of us have tried back in the day and, and even up to when I got into OA. So then fast forward, I went away to college the first year and really put on the weight. No dancing, no, no, any of that. A lot, I was out from under my mother's thumb cause she used to, she controlled food, my food intake. And so I got away and I, I just, I must, I think I put on 50 pounds on my first year in, in college and I didn't do well. And I ended up coming back 
uh, home and went to junior college and, you know, tried all kinds of diets to keep the weight off, but never could keep it off. I could get it off with a diet. I'm pretty good at dieting, but I couldn't keep it off. So I, um, let me do this. That's the sunset in Santa Cruz you see back behind me. <laughs> My daughter lives down there in Santa Cruz. I'm in Walnut Creek. I'm north of her. So anyway, um, I got married right shortly after college and got my weight down for my wedding, which is pretty common. And then I got pregnant right away. And with each baby, I have five children. I put on more weight. When the baby was born, I take the weight off, but not all of it. And then I put on more weight. And then so, you know, by the end of the by the fifth child, I, I was up over 200 pounds. Uh, I'm about 65 pounds uh, less than I was at my highest weight right now. And I've been there since 20, no, since 2000. 2000 was when I got there. So anyway, so, you know, all the diets on and off over those years, um, I call myself a cereal dieter, you know, just, you know, doing the diet, you know, the diet, whatever new diet came out, I tried it, except I didn't do any surgery or any of that. And then um, let me see, fast forward to, I remember being in therapy in 1989. I had been in therapy for three years. And one day I had been on the Weight Watchers diet. I was doing Weight Watchers and I was doing really well, but I, I played the game with Weight Watchers, you know, before the weigh-in, you know, uh, starve myself and then, you know, wear light clothes and, you know, no jewelry and, you know, all <laughs> tricks so that it would look like I lost one pound. Then after the weigh-in, I would eat. And then, you know, shortly before the next weigh-in, do that same thing. It was a game I played and I was playing it with myself, but I didn't realize it. So um, I was losing weight or trying to lose weight because my mother, uh, was on me a lot about my weight. She was a very proud lady and she wanted us to look good. And then she would say to me, you know, who was going to take care of those children if you die? She had me dead because I was overweight. So that scared me, but not enough to get the weight off. I was defiant. So I remember telling the therapist after three years of therapy, I was on this Weight Watchers diet and I was had lost weight and I was gaining it back. And I said to her, Never had said these words before. I think I have a problem with food. Never had said that out loud to anybody. To myself, I talked to my, why can't you do this? You know, blah, 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 beat myself up. Like my mom beat me up. And I said to her, I think I have a problem with food. And she said, well, I need, that's my cat. I need to find you a good OA meeting. And she had already sent me to Al-Anon because uh, the family has drinking issues and to I, I didn't have the drinking issue I had the food issue and Dakota and I said to her not another meeting and she said well I'm going to find you a good meeting and she did and I went the first day I went they sold me a copy of the big book right here which I think this is the this is a, uh, there you can see it there and a copy of the 12 and 12 oh uh, uh, AA 12 and 12 that was in 19, that was in 1989. And I went 
to my first meeting on a Saturday morning in Oakland. It was about 8 a.m. at a hospital. And I don't remember much about the meeting except getting the book, the two books. And I thought, well, now I've got it. You know, I'll go home and I'll read these books and I'll be cured or whatever. You know, I'll lose weight. But the books promptly got put on the shelf and nothing much happened. So I did start going to local meetings around where I lived in, in Concord and Walnut Creek area. And uh, they became a social gathering for me. I enjoyed the meetings. I enjoyed the people. And, uh, but I didn't get a sponsor. So that, you know, that doesn't work. And so eventually I did get a sponsor and I worked through the steps and um, started losing some weight. And then in, uh, so I was in there from 89 to 92. And then someone introduced me to how which is an offshoot of, of OA. And it's just all, for me, all it is, is uh, they had a food plan where back in that day, OA didn't. I know they have dignity of choice now. But so I followed, so I got a sponsor. I followed this, you know, religiously. I lost all my weight from 92. And in 96, both my father and uh, he died quite suddenly. Um, and my best friend who was covered with cancer, uh, she died both in that same year. And the day my best friend from grammar school, uh, back East, but she had moved to California in the meantime, and we had re-upped our friendship. I mean, we called ourselves, she is, she's still my soulmate. I still uh, feel her presence around me. Um, she died. And the day she died, I went to visit her parents. Let me come visit her. And I went home and I ate sugar. I picked up sugar and it was unconscious. I'm sure it was unconscious. That's the disease. All right. So I'm going to move on to, to uh, uh, hope and, and move on to what happened, you know, how I, I'm here. So I left the rooms for four years. And of course, guess what happened? It all came back on plus some. And of course, I was mad at myself, beating myself up. How could I let this happen? Blah, blah, blah. And I got, uh, I came back. I remember I was uh, caregiving my mom after my father had passed. I wasn't caregiving her, but I was helping her out. And I was driving home from her house one day. We had had a rough time together because uh, she was drinking and driving. And I was really worried about her. Um, I remember... Being on the Bay Bridge, it was, I know, I know the date, March 8th. It was an Ash Wednesday. And I was driving over the Bay Bridge. It was pouring rain. And I yelled out to God, please, God, help me. And that's all I said. And because I was thinking, you know, if the Bay Bridge didn't have sidewalls, I was going to drive my car off the Bay Bridge because between my mother and my weight, I couldn't cope with life. And what I heard was 7 a.m. Saturday morning, which was my home meeting. And what I said back to God was, no, not that. I need help with my mother. But this, you know, God's telling me to go back to my food, food uh, program because I learned that I couldn't help my mother unless I took care of myself. I had to take care of myself first, and then I could be more present for my mother. 
So I did. I went back to meetings in uh, about March of 2000, and I have never left the room since. I haven't had perfect abstinence because I have lost it numerous times. I don't call myself a serial relapser, but I can. Um, but I did start working the steps. Come on, Gracie. Yeah, they don't want to see you behind. <laughs> um, I got a sponsor. I started working the steps uh, really diligently and going to meetings and making my phone calls and doing everything they asked me to do. And the 65 pounds slowly dropped off. I was exercising. I am. I was I was a runner when I retired. I started running. I don't do that today. I walk. But <clears throat> just it worked. And so I would have, you know, long periods of abstinence and then something would happen and then I would slip or relapse. And the, uh, the, the worst one was I was region two um, events coordinator on the region two board from 2013 to 15. And that was a tough job. It was uh, uh, booking the hotels for all the conventions and all the assemblies and, and hotels, you know, uh, like people that come in and drink. And there she goes again, go down on the floor um, and eat and eat dessert because that's where they get their money. And we don't do either of those, you know, drink or eat dessert. And so, you know, making the food and beverage minimum was, was effort. And uh, I, you know, and I didn't really know what I was doing. So um, it was a stressful job. I called it my job job. I was retired, but it was my job job. And, you know, I enjoyed the people and I enjoyed flying all around, you know, going to different places and looking at different hotels. And my husband was a big support for me then. When the, when the convention was in Northern California, you know, he and I would go around looking at hotels. But when that job ended in 2015, I picked up sugar. <laughs> and it's like, how did that happen? And I was so ashamed because I had been abstinent for five years. And I was so ashamed. Five minutes remaining. Okay, I will zip diddy doo dah. So, um, so I, I called someone in the rooms. I had a sponsor, but she had moved out of town and, you know, I was fudging with her. So I, I called someone in the rooms and I said, she said to me, I told her, I said, I can't stop. I can't stop. And I know what I'm doing. And she said, are you desperate? And are you willing to go to any length? And I said, yes, definitely to both of those. And then she said, are you willing to give up all control? And, you know, that's a hard one. I'm going to give a control over my food. I'm going to give up control over people, places and things. OK. And she said, I'm going to take you through the big book. I'm going to take you through the 12 steps through the big book in 30 to 45 days. And I laughed at her because in how it takes us years to get through all those questions. And so I followed her and I just fell in love with the big book. So I'm a big book thumper. I'm a big book sponge. It's just like I was this, this dried up um, um, sponge and started to come to life. And I just couldn't get enough of it. And so I had five years of abstinence, very clean abstinence, good abstinence. I, you know, and then COVID hit 
And then all of this, you know, Zoom and stuff, I don't know how quickly it got started, but my husband was ailing during that time. And he has since passed away, he passed away in August of 2020, which is right at the beginning of COVID. And I did fine. I wasn't going to lose my abstinence until my daughter took me to Hawaii uh, two years ago, right now. And I was abstinent in Hawaii, but I was eating out of the granola bag on the side. And I kept saying, oh, that doesn't count. That doesn't count. Well, it did count. When I came back, I told my sponsor. And so I started over. So I'll have two years of abstinence this July 5th. And I'm going to Hawaii again. And I'm planning how I'm going to be abstinent. I'm making outreach calls now and committing to people that I'm going to be abstinent. And I will call them when I come back. So that's one plan I'm doing. But what I want to do in the last few minutes is tell you what I didn't know until I studied the big book. How to do step 10. I am a step 10 thumper. How to do a step 10, because when I am restless, irritable, and discontented, so with the death of my friend, yes, I was very upset. Um, with the job, it was very stressful. Was I working, getting through my feelings during all that time? No, I didn't know how. But once this gal taught me how to do a step 10, it was like, Wow, that works. So here's how I do it. I'm going to share how I do it in the last few minutes is, okay, I have an upset in my life. Yesterday, I got some sad news. Well, not sad, but news about my cat. And, and I, you know, had some feelings about it. So what I do is I call somebody, I tell them what's going on with me. And then I say, where am I being selfish? dishonest, resentful, or fearful, and fearful. So selfish is, of course, I want my cat not to have to take these pills that I gave her this morning, and she scratched me up. So I don't want to have to do that. I want her to be healthy without having to take pills. So that's wanting things my way. Please, God, remove my selfishness. Dishonest. Dishonest is about what it says, not telling the truth or omitting the truth, but it's also about not in accepting the situation or person as they are, or not trusting God. Then I say, please, God, remove my dishonesty. A resentful. Okay, I'm resentful at the, it's, a, it's not at the doctor, but it's at the fact that, you know, have to do these pills. Please, God, save me from being angry. Uh, help me show, you know, the system about medicine. Uh, the same pity, tolerance, and patience. I would cheerfully grant a sick friend. How can I be of service? Well, I can follow the directions the doctor gave me to do. And then the last one is fear. And we have three fears. Two are in the big book. Fear of not getting what we want. The fear of losing what we have. Or the fear of being found out. That one's not in the big book. I think it was a big book thumper. But so this is the fear of you know, not getting what I want. What I want is not to have to give her these pills. Please, God, remove my fear and direct my attention to what you would have me be. God would have me be compliant to follow these directions. So then I ask God to remove all these defects of character, and I assume he will. And then I make a 12, I didn't know this, I make a 12-step call to somebody, one of you, and I talk to you about how your day is. And I don't mention my cat issue. And the, the gerbil in the head 
slows down. And one more thing my sponsor said, if it doesn't slow down, I said to her, what do you do if it, I still have the resentment? And she said, you do another 10 step. So with that, I'm gonna pass. Thank you.